Hello, podcaster. It's Charlie here from the Business of Podcasting. And in today's episode, I am joined by Zach of Underdog Empowerment and the Underdog Empowerment Podcast. Now, Zach has a truly interesting and unique story that we get into in this episode, but he's managed to build himself up quite a successful podcast, primarily through the acquisition of high-profile guests. Yes, Zach has built his show by being able to get in touch and convince high-profile people like Les Brown and Grant Cardone to come on and share phenomenal content on his podcast. Now, it's something that a lot of podcasts struggle with is finding the right guests for their show. And at times we often tell ourselves things like, well, this person is too big or too busy or too successful to come on my show. And Zach really breaks through how you can get access to those people. In this episode, we actually go through his process and get a really good understanding of what you can do to start getting high profile guests on your podcast as well. Towards the end of the episode, we start to talk through a bit of a controversial topic and something that I'm very or have been very curious about and still am to this day is does having high profile guests on your podcast actually make a difference or do people simply come to listen to that guest and they never hang around to get into your podcast itself and we talk into that a little bit and get a really good understanding of how Zach's been thinking about it and approaching it itself. Now if you are watching the video on this podcast you will notice that hopefully the quality of the video is immensely improved and also that there's a whole bunch of mess behind me now. We're actually going through a big studio rebuild at the moment and looking to create a very high quality video podcast along the way. Now why I'm sharing this with you is in coming weeks on the podcast I'm actually going to be going through what we're doing to improve this podcast studio as well as provide some useful and helpful tips if you are someone who wants to create a video podcast as well. Now, just as a side note here, I'm going to say that video is going to be a huge part of this industry going forward. And if you're someone that has the means to look at video, you should be very much considering it. Audio will always be the main platform in podcasting, but there are some amazing opportunities presenting itself in video and creating a video show as well. And I want to share some great insights with you on that stuff. Now, without further ado, let's head into this episode. I think you're going to get some really unique ideas and just simple processes for you to be able to acquire those high-profile guests for your podcast. So let's get into the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Zach. How are you doing? Charlie, dude, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. I feel like this interview is just such a long time in the making. We've uh, connected and danced in a lot of the same circles for a while, and some of the recent guests on this podcast have finished on the topic of, oh, you need to speak to Zach. You need to speak to Zach. So I'm really, really thrilled we're doing this. Now, for the uh, listeners out there, why don't we start with just telling them uh, a little bit about your podcast and then what you do for a business? Yeah, man. Absolutely. That's, pre- that's pretty cool. Cause I've listened to most of your podcasts. Uh, like the, uh, I started from episode one, uh, heard the one with Matt. Yeah. Our, our friend Matt that introduced us, which was really good. Uh, but awesome show. And I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Real quick. Underdog empowerment is my podcast. I, I launched it, um, because I did over five years of my life in prison and I got out after missing the birth of my twin boys. Couldn't get a job anywhere. Got an entrepreneurship. Long story short, Nobody gave me a chance whenever I tried to collaborate with any entrepreneur and like I was just some joke, some clowns, you know, some, nobody was taking me seriously. And so out of that pain and frustration is why I launched Underdog Empowerment 
for selfish reasons, first most to fill up my cup before I fill up other cups. And then also uh, to power other underdog entrepreneurs at the same time. And it just, it blew up, man. Uh, we got it ranked. Well, you know, it's pretty easy to get a podcast ranked. We got it ranked on day three though on Apple. And then next week had Billy Jean is marketing on the show. And it's just been a spiral of upwards momentum ever since. Really grateful for it. And then business, um, a lot like what you do. I, I'm no, no, I don't have any experience or genius at all when it comes to ads, which is something that we're going to be working with you with, uh, which I'm really excited because I know that's a huge play. Um, but yeah, we we help uh, alpha entrepreneurs launch their podcasts, get it ranked, grow their downloads, interview celebrities, and make money from their podcasts. Oh, sensational. I, I would say uh, great minds think alike. You've, uh, you've picked yeah. the business well there. Uh, there's plenty for everyone. And this is one of the things, there's so many ways to do podcasting that I'm really excited to bring um, what some may conceive as competitors, but really I would tell people doing the good stuff for podcasting on here to talk about what's working for them and like just the different ways you can go about it. Now, I'm really, really curious with this question from here, with, with all the things you can do online these days, what, what's a specifically drew you to podcasting? Like, why was this the thing you chose to go after? You know, that's really funny, man. And I'm glad you asked that uh, this story because it's pretty funny and I'll keep it really short. Um, and, and you're so right too. So many people that try to collaborate that are also in the space, or they didn't want to because they're like, they viewed it as like, I'm like, no, dude, rising tides floats more ships. So it's really cool that, you know, that you get it too. But um, yeah, man, how, how I got into it, I, I was doing YouTube for almost two years, three videos a week and didn't miss a single upload for, for nearly two years. And I kept putting the podcast on the back burner because I, I liked video more. Uh, but I didn't know anything at marketing. And this was during the time when I was figuring all this stuff out and still hand figured stuff. I'll, I'll always be a student of life. Right. Um, but I was going through, um, and it's funny because I can't even stand the click funnel funnel hacker group anymore just because a lot of them just don't know what they're doing. It's just like, uh, it doesn't resonate with who I am. But um, I was going through uh, Russell Brunson's funnel hacks masterclass and there was a module in there and he was telling the story about how this his one of his students couldn't, there, there was opportunities were slim. He was just having a hard time connecting with people. People weren't giving him a chance. And then he launched his podcast and just opened up all these opportunities and that's exactly what I was going through at the time. I'm like, man, like that story really hit deep. And I was like, fine, I'm done putting it on the back burner. I'll just get it out there and we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, really, really uh, grateful that, that it played out that way. Isn't that interesting? It's funny how like there's a moment for everyone where I think podcasting connects with them. For, for me, yeah. what was huge is like I could just see the impact podcast was having on my own life. Like I was loving listening to podcasts and I still do to this day. And I was like, I want to have that effect on other people. I want to connect yeah. and help people in that way from there as well. So one of the things I'm really excited to get into with uh, you today is like, as I've scrolled through the list of people that have been on your podcast, it's like a, a hall of famer. Like you've had some absolutely <laughs> huge people come onto your show, people like Les Brown I've seen on there, which I really enjoyed that episode as well. And what I would really love to get into today is talking about how someone can get access to these people and have them on their podcast. So can you talk into how you've made that happen? And then if you've got an approach that the listeners can take of this show into their own show of perhaps getting guests at that standard. Yeah, dude, I got a whole process, not just like of pitching them, but got scripted pitches that, you know, you can use and make your own, um, but also a process on how to stay on top of it all as well. But really, man, it, it, let's think about wh why that's so important. 
man, so and so many people don't ever pitch these people because like, well, I don't know. These people won't take me seriously. And and if you're feeling that way, I get it. I understand how you're feeling. When I'm not just saying that to be saying that, like, dude, nobody would do anything with me. I was a convicted felon that nobody, they're like, this dude's a clown, a joker, right? So I know how that feels. Trust me. And um, what's crazy though is podcasting. In one week's worth of time, I launched the podcast before nobody gave me a chance, launched it, was inter- interviewed Billy Jean the following week, was interviewing celebrities, celebrity after that, constantly after that, and just one week because of the podcast. So why is that it's so important? Well, you're aligning your brand with powerful, influential people uh, that your market already looks up to. And now you're not just some some joker in the sea of idiots among everybody else screaming for attention in the marketplace, you're positioned above everybody else because you have these connections with these power players. And what's even more important is the relationships you get to build. I just had Grant Cardone back on my show for the second time, hit him up because of the whole thing was going on when he laid off his employees. And so I was like, dude, you want to come back on my show and talk about it? Like that, that's pretty cool. You know, just to have these types of relationships with powerful people that can really help you, um, with resources that you may be lacking at specific times. These people might be really far further along than you. So it was really, really powerful, man. Um, I don't want to give a long witted answer, but, um, and, and I'm going to go into the more tactical stuff too. But one more thing I want to say about the why about one thing that I found that helped out a lot of people, uh, the people that I've worked with and stuff is you got to shift that mindset from like, Oh, this person's not going to talk to me. I'm the nobody to, I'm doing this person a favor by bringing them on my show that I put all this time and effort into building this audience, this uh, thought process into the content creation of the guests that I'm bringing on and stuff. And when you shift that and you come from a place of confidence, it means the world of difference when you're going about it. Um, but yeah, man, uh, you want me to get into more of the tactical stuff? I just want to touch on one point though. You said something really interesting and I don't know if you intentionally said it or it just slipped and it was great, but I often wonder if people get to a stage, so let's, we'll use like Les Brown or Grant Cardone as the example here, where it's like everyone just assumes they're so busy and assumes they won't be on their show that really not that many people are asking them. And I mean, I might be wrong on this, but I assume for a lot of people, they would love to go on more podcasts, but they're just not being given those opportunities, but we're never even allowing them to have them because we're just of the mindset and view that, Hey, they're, they're too busy for this. They're too, too big for this when that's probably not the case at all. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, so my first guest was Billy Gina's marketing and, um, I, I literally had this screenshots and I block out his assistance email that he had, that he gave to me the, to, to set it up out of respect and everything. But I hit him up before I had the podcast and I was trying to get him to come on my, um, I was trying to put together an online summit or something at the time. I didn't even know what the heck I was doing, Charlie. I, I had no idea. It was when I was trying to, fit, I was just throwing stuff on the wall and trying to see what sticks at that point. So learning, trying to find my footing in the marketplace. And rightfully so, he would open up, you know, you, in Facebook, you see people open the message or not, he opened it up and didn't respond because um, I didn't I didn't have anything of offer uh, of value to offer him at the time. But then I launched a podcast and got it ranked on day three and I hit him up immediately. I was like, Billy, dude, I just got my podcast ranked on Apple. You, you'd be a perfect fit for my show, man. We got to make this happen. Something like almost those words to the T. I don't know if it, it was those were exact words, but it was something just like that, real short, sweet to the point. Hey, I just got my podcast ranked. You'd be such a great fit. We got to make this happen. And he opened it up right away, and and then he shot me back his uh, assistant's email and said she has my schedule. Next week we had him on the show. So it's just you got that platform, like you mentioned, that platform. 
It's you got to shift it that you're offering them value because they want to get in front of, especially the people like that, man, they're already crushing it in their biz. They're, they're generating money and they know that the bigger they build their brand, the, the, the more that's going to uh, impact the bottom line of their business. And they're, they want that attention and you can provide them that with your show. So let, let's start. There's a couple of things I really want to dig into. And like one of the ones is definitely we're coming back to this. This isn't first, but it's like, how often do you follow up? And like, when do you take the no and, and not follow up? But let's start even bigger level. How do you decide which big names you would love to have on your show? or How are you identifying those high caliber guests that you would bring on? Dude, that is so high. Dude, that's a really good question. Um, and it's really important. And I call it, it, it's all it is, is your podcast marketing message, just like your marketing message in business. I call it the four W's of podcasting for long-term podcasting success, which is the foundation of your podcast, which is everything's going to be built on this. And it's the most important piece of your entire podcast. Everything else is like, the getting ranked and growing your downloads, interviewing celebrities and monetizing your podcast. Yeah, that's the sexy part of the, you know, the fun and exciting stuff, the ninja hacks and all that stuff, right? That everybody wants to get into. But this is the more important piece. And it's those knowing what is your podcast about, being able to explain it in one sentence or less. Who is it for? Because if you don't know who you're talking to, you're speaking in a microphone full of air. And if you're not speaking to someone specifically, it's not going to reach anybody. You already know all this stuff, Charlie. Um, where are you taking them? It's got, you got to paint a picture of a future that they want and that they have hope in. If they, if they don't desire the future, they won't they won't move towards it. And if it's if they fear it, they get paralyzed. Whatnot. You got to be able to articulate a future that they want and uh, have hope in. And then uh, finally, why should they listen to you? Because I mean, for example, there's there's probably hundreds of other podcasts out there talking about how to how to how to crush it with podcasts. Why should people listen to you? Well, because Charlie's a really cool dude, and and he brings on some really it's my rugged good looks. It's my good looks yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you bring on some very very um, insightful tactical information with every guest, like lays out a, a roadmap of how to do stuff, and you could literally go through this podcast and do it yourself or you could just, you know, hire Charlie and have them do it for you and get, get it done quicker. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's that marketing message first before you start to, to, to make that list. And so it's cool if I kind of go, go with this. Cause yeah, I don't let's, wanna, let's roll with it. I want the, I want the process. Like let's do the, the whole thing. I think this is very important stuff. And just to your point there, what you just mentioned is the exact opposite of what I did with my first podcast and why it failed oh, yeah. so hard. <laughs> But I didn't understand that. It's like I got excited right. by the tactics. I got excited by the buzz of podcasting and just wanted a big podcast that I had glazed over the whole sh having a strategy <laughs> um, and just got into it. But nonetheless, I want to keep keep uh, sorry keep persisting here and getting into this part. So we've established the whole idea of like what our show, let's say we've, we've done this part and we've got, right, we know what our show is about. We know our message. We know who it's for. We know uh, the journey we want to take people on and we have uh, have a reason why they should listen to us. How, how, what's the next step from there? What are we doing after that? Create a Google sheet. All right? um, it's free. Uh, it's we call it the big reach tracker. We got a template that we give to give to everybody and stuff. But um, and it comes with a hundred something names that are already on there that from mine and, and whatnot. But um, what what I recommend is get a Google Sheet, all right, and start with twenty five names. All right, you could put on anybody could think of twenty five people right out the gate, and then make it a habit every single week. You're going to add three new people to it or five new people to it. But start with twenty five people that are a perfect fit for your show that are celebrity type guests because it, dude, I've 
I've done a lot to anytime that you interview celebrity type guests, it just, it, it your download numbers will spike. Uh, people are more excited about it. They're sharing it out with their friends. They're talking about you and it makes selling whatever you're selling a hundred times easier, even if you're selling life coaching. I don't care if you're aligning people yourself with celebrities. It really does. But make this list on your big reach tracker, on your, on your Google sheet, start with 25 and then have these different fields. You have their name, have a field for their email, have a field for dates that you pitch, have a field for follow-up and have a field for status. This would be a lot easier to explain visually, but I'm going to do my best at explaining it. Right? It doesn't lend um, itself well to an audio uh, <laughs> medium. Yeah, sometimes. Oh, maybe we should. That. Well, this is done on video and maybe we will get an overlay from the team or something later on. But I, I think people can visualize this mentally there. So they're starting with yeah. a tracker sheet. They've got their names. We've got our details. We're coming through from there. So the starting point from, from here is then really setting up a kind of like a system to succeed here. Like not having yeah. it be a wish, but turn it into something practical you can do. It, exactly, man. Because if you just if you don't have a list that you're working off of, you're just going to hit people up randomly out of the blue. But if you have a <laughs> not targeted list, <laughs> not not me. Yeah. No. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and by having that list, so you have a target, and then you can also arrange it of who is like hyper focused that you want. Like for me. Ever since we interviewed Andy Fursilla, Gary Vaynerchuk has become our number one target. We, it's been that for over a year now. Uh, and that's who we're persistently hitting up every single week. We were hitting up all his different emails. And, um, and, and it will happen eventually because that's our, that's our number one guy. But, um, but yeah, so you, so you actually have a target now. And then what I recommend, because uh, I'm going to break it down to the most layman terms uh, because I don't want to get bore you with the, like, the tactical spreadsheet stuff of it. But um, hit hit them up first. Go to their websites, all right, and and find their emails. Hit their contact page. Find their email. A lot of times, it's going to go to their support team, and you're going to be dealing with gatekeepers. But hit them in their email first is where I recommend. Where we always go first, and then I always slide in their DMs on Instagram, on Facebook. I kind of stay away from LinkedIn just because it's like a cesspool on the on the DMs. People are always have those automated <laughs> messages and stuff. So I'm not saying it wouldn't work there, but I haven't really done much there myself. Um, but, but hit them up. And here's the key when you hit them up. All right. Most think about it. And I, I know you get this, Charlie, when, when I get up uh, uh, as a podcaster, when I get pitched for people to come on my show and it happens quite often, I'm pretty sure you get a lot too. Um, and I open up an email or, or a DM and it's like some long autobiography of them pitching why they should come on my show. I get anxiety, dude. And I'm like, sometimes I, I'm really busy and can't even read it at the time. And I start freaking out. But if, and so think about Grant Cardone's assistant or, you know what I'm saying? Gary Vaynerchuk's assistant, they get way more requests than you and I get put together times a hundred probably. And so you got to be really short, sweet to the point. So, and they appreciate that. They appreciate straight to the point, no beating around the bush, no fluff, something like my, literally my first pitch, like, dude, I'd love to have you on my top rated podcast, Underdog Empowerment. You'd be an excellent fit for my show. You can learn more about it here, underdogempowerment.com. Let me know if we can make this happen. Talk soon. That's the first pitch. It's a short, sweet to the point. Letting them know I, I leveraged the, the ranking top rated podcast. And if they want to learn more, I link up to the website so they can go click on there and say, oh, this guy's legit. He's actually taking podcasting seriously or whatnot. Um, and that's the game, man. And there, there's follow-up pitches, of course. And, and I have a system for that that we can get more detail. But the key thing that I couldn't stress enough is sh short, sweet, straight to the point. 
Go straight to what you're trying to ask them for. Use any type of leverage or credibility you have, but make it super short when you pitch. Some really good points there. I want to dig deeper into this, um, but it's really interesting you bring this up. Like I get pitched quite regularly. And to be honest, the long emails drive me nuts, especially when you can see they're just <laughs> irre- irrelevant. Like they really, really haven't done their research. Like it's a very, very pitchy, show no interest way. And I think I, I really appreciate, I know this will sound odd, but like to your point, like really to the point, like we're all business owners to a degree here. I appreciate someone saving my time and just being really direct with like, yo, this is what I do and this is how I can be beneficial to your show. If this is a fit, let me know. Like can be much better approach to do things from there. Now, I'm really curious on something from here. You mentioned start with email, but how are you getting someone's email in the first place? Are you Googling it or are you using any tools or is there places you've found best like PR agencies to get contact details? How do you approach actually finding someone's email? Those would probably be save you a lot of time to do the PR agencies. I literally go to the people's website for most most of the people that I that I'm trying to interview have a website and then I'll go to their contact page or um, and, and there's plenty of other like situational things that where a, a, a friend will have like a connect or something and, and that happens and you leverage your own network in those cases too. Um, if you have like an in somewhere or, you know, I've even, um, for an example, uh, like going even deeper on this here uh, and taking a step further, like tr- building real relationships, like, dude, I'm bringing, I'm going out to Andy Fursillas for the second time. I, I live in St. Louis, the same area that, that he does. And um, I'm going back out for the second time. But this time before I went out there, I joined him and Ed, Ed Milet's RHA syndicate uh, uh, program. And um, I joined it really because it's, it's an awesome program and I do look to actually grow from it. But that's just, man, I'm buying his, uh, I'm paying for his, co- for his uh, group coaching. Like that's just like, a good for me at least i feel like it's a good way to show people that you know this is to build a, a legitimate relationship not only just asking all the time but also giving and, and um who knows i'm not expecting anything from that relationship but who knows where that could lead to you know you never know i i mean i had relationships happen with uh brad lee um with the dropping bombs podcast went out there on his show first time i said dude i want to come back out here and interview you on mine can we set up the studio and put my logo and he's like yeah we got to do it i got some cool little shots or whatever it's pretty cool um and then we we became real cool and i was promoting lightspeed vt because it's a really awesome software it's just like you never know see what's cool is I'm sorry for long-winded answer but what's cool is you know the the uh aligning yourself with these powerful players but what's even more important is that relationship you get to build with a man. It's like you never – relationships are everything, dude. Do you think there's merit in the idea if you've built your list of 25 people, let's say, and you can see they have courses or mastermind programs or uh, are doing things online or products and services to sell? Do you think there's merit in the idea of like purchasing that stuff or getting into those networks for that relationship so you can get people on your podcast? I wouldn't do it. Unless, and it really depends on who you are as a person. For me, I'm not going to purchase something if I don't really think that it's going to be helpful for me. Like, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten to RTA Syndicate if I see, but I'm a perfect fit for RTA Syndicate because that's just, it speaks directly to, uh, you know, alpha, dominate, go out, win. Like, that's just what my whole entire brain is built. That's who I am to the core, represents my core values. So 
it was a perfect fit in my case. And that's why Andy Frasil was the number one person that I wanted on my podcast, even before Gary Vaynerchuk right out the gate. And then that's how Gary became the number one after we got Andy on. But, but yeah, I wouldn't purchase nothing unless it was truly resonate with who I am and stuff. But the people on your list are probably going to represent, you know, they're probably going to share some type of core values that you share or else they probably wouldn't be on your list in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And why I posed the question. But if there's, yeah, I'm in the same camp that I wouldn't necessarily just buy a mastermind or a course for that sole reason, unless there was like a good value and alignment anyway. But to your point from here, in if we look at things, so we've made our spreadsheet, we've put our 25 uh, names and we're adding to this continually. We're starting with email and trying to get access either through PR, their website. There's a whole bunch of ways you can get someone's email from there. If that's not I suppose, working straight out of the gate. We're also going on social media apart from LinkedIn, um, which LinkedIn's just interesting in general. I'm just going to leave that as a no comment right now. I don't know <laughs> what they're thinking with this messenger platform, but we'll come back to that. Uh, actually, we'll leave it out. I don't want to bring it up any further, but how are you deciding? You've done your short message, you're to the point, and you fo- how are you following up with people from there? Like, what's the idea of like, how often will you contact someone before you like, all right, this is not going to happen? Or when, when does persistence turn into ignorance uh, to the point from yeah. here? Yeah. So, and that's truly going to depend on who you are as a person. And I'm going to do my best not to bore you with the spreadsheet, spreadsheet stuff, but I'm going to throw a little bit of that in there because that's part of the play. But um, up top, and I'm probably not, there's probably a way better system because I'm a visionary type. I'm like a, a marketer like yourself, systems and operations and all that stuff is like my glaring weakness. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, we we do have a world class COO now, which is amazing because or else I would be bashing my face in a brick wall trying to figure this stuff out. So what what we do is once a month we hit them up, right? And then if we start to have any type of dialogue with either them or the gatekeeper, then we move them up top of the spreadsheet. There's a section up there, and anybody up top there that's not highlighted, they get hit every single week because. I don't have a problem with that. I don't feel like once we start a dialogue, I'm going to follow up every single week until you're just like kick rocks or, or, or make it happen. And I'm going to do it in a way where I'm not like being a douche about it, but just show them like, Hey, you know, I'm really excited. I think you'd be the perfect fit. And it also goes into some of the pitches that we say, like the second pitch is a little bit longer than the first one. Right. But there's the, the second pitch. We do a little bit of name drop and a previous guest that we had on, but everything is geared towards why it's beneficial for them to come on our show telling them how big our size of our audience, the downloads and stuff that we're getting, uh, some of the past names that we get on and why they'd be such a perfect fit for the audience. Uh, let's get you on and talk about anything you got going on, literally promote anything that you got going on. I just want to get you on the show because I know my people will love you and, and just hit on that and be genuine about it. And, you, and so you put them up top and then, um, if, uh, if we get them booked, then we change them a, a yellow color for booked. And then as soon as they get um, the interview happens and that t- gets turned green, even if it's not published yet, then it's already done that way. We know not to, you know, continue keep, to keep sending them up. things from there. Yeah. Now I'm, cur- I'm curious again here on, from your own experience, how many times would you contact someone um, of a higher profile before they engage with you or before they commit to come on a show? Is this something where it's like, well, and I'll use an example. It's like, you know, oh, well, of the people we contact in the first message, maybe half reply and they come on. Or is this something where you feel a lot of follow-up and persistence is needed in a lot of cases? Man, so you're not going to get everybody that you go for. That's just part of it. It's not going to happen. There's just going to be some people that are never going to get on your podcast and that's okay. Um, but I've had a lot of people on the show that 
took like Andy Frasilla, for example, it took, I think it was the sixth pitch over a six month period till he find till they finally responded. And we finally made that happen. So it does pay to follow up, uh, especially if you want them on your show that bad. Um, and there's just a way to do it. And for another example, like Tim Grover, he would be a perfect fit for my show because, you know, he's super intense about dominating. I mean, he coached, he was the personal trainer for Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant and Wade, Wade, Dwayne Wade. So, I mean, that says it all right there. He's going to have a strong spirit for that role. Yeah. You know, so he's all about championship mindset, winning, right? He'd just be a perfect fit for everything that we talk about on my show. And, we we've only been able to get responses from him on Instagram and we know it's not him because it's the same automatic re- reply. Hey, I'm not doing anything at this time, but maybe follow me. A few. It's like literally worded the same way and stuff. And so I like, I'm at the point now I'm like, it's going to happen eventually sooner or later, man, you're going to be on my show. <laughs> I'm just letting him know and stuff like, uh, I'm, and I'm showing him that because I think from my perspective, also, I think some, not all, but some of these like super celebrity type, industry leader um people want to just see that if you're going to even be serious about podcasting six months down the road or see if you're committed to it and they they appreciate the persistence of you hitting them up a few times like okay this guy's serious so okay this guy's still doing his podcast and i it's grown since the last time i looked at it when he hit me up a couple months ago let's give it a shot i mean who knows if that's the thought process but it very well could be and we've had plenty of people come on long after that first pitch that we sent out are you finding that it's easier to get high profile guests on once you've had some high profile guests? Like it kind of, yeah. I'll say compounds, probably the word here. 100% dude. And, and so here's, I'm glad that I'm glad you asked that question. Cause now this get me to help expand on it. Um, so right now I'm in the midst of the biggest like streak of just nothing but celebrity guests on the show or solo episodes. So from June 1st, we had Grant Cardone kicked it off. All the way, we're in September right now, batched out, and there's two ep- or three episodes that are solo episodes. The rest, we would release once a week. The rest are just celebrity type uh, guests. And was able to do that by batch producing, which I'm pretty, pretty sure you know about, and you guys have covered that here on, on here, but batch producing. So it gives me, all right, so I'm batched out, and I, and I start off with you know some um, maybe not so super well-known guests or whatever, but I'm ahead of schedule. And then now that gives me the ability to pick and choose the guests and, and line them up ahead of time and have our team stay on that ahead of time and really build out this list and, of, of just mega stars coming in in a lineup, right? And um, once you, once you, the, the more you, you start doing it, your, your um, momentum grows, the more things that you can leverage for your podcast and the things that you want to leverage is your ranking on Apple, how big your audience size is, how many previous uh, mega stars have you had on your show? Those are like things they use uh, to, to use as credibility and plus anything else that you've done really cool. I use my one liner. Hey, I did over five years in prison and now I'm scaling a six figure podcast marketing agency. We'd love to have you come on the show. Boom. I drop that in there. Let them know that, Hey, I, my business is built around growing podcasts. Let's come on, come on, come on over. And I know that may not be what you do specifically, uh, the people listening to this podcast, but you could still figure out your one liner. You don't have to be a podcast marketing agency to get celebrities on your guests. I, I've seen plenty of people that do it all the time. It's a really interesting um, dynamic. It's such an interesting game, this. And I've got some more questions from there, but I, I thought I'd share this one along the way. What's been the most successful thing for me for pitching people to come on the show? 
has actually been making Loom videos. So mm. I've really tried to be different in the idea that a lot of people I know will get a ton of inboxes and I'm sure I'm getting one right now while this show's on. if <laughs> uh, They're fairly frequent. But it's like to really stand out, I decided that I would uh, go for it with videos. So I'll send people a little link and basically record a video on why they should come on this podcast and why it's a great thing for them. That has been my number one converter. Now, it's a bit bit more work, obviously, making those videos and doing that stuff, and it's very personalized, but the conversion rate on it has been um, really sensational from my point of view. But this covers a whole different dynamic of it here, which is quite interesting as well. Now, one of the things I kind of want to jump into or shift gears or, or jump topics, you've done a really excellent job um, when it's come to interviewing these people as well. And I went through your podcast and I listened to the Les Brown episode this morning, and I thought it was quite unique in the way you interview people and also the questions you ask. There was questions I hadn't heard that person ask before. I wanted to ask you on the idea of how are you preparing for your interviews with these guests once you get them on your podcast and how you're developing relationships past that because getting them on the show appears just to be kind of like the first little bit. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Really great questions. Um, for, as far as interviewing and I appreciate that man and and I think the same as you I listen to a ton of your interviews you hey I love how you go deeper than just the surface level stuff you ask those follow up questions those are see if you think about it that's what people want to hear man they don't want to hear I'm not saying don't prepare and write out specific questions that you want to ask a specific guest you could do that but but don't stick to that list and just go that run through a list and be like oh why do you do this and they get this okay what happened here but no like ask them the question and then they're going to start talking and then it's going to, it's going to get you thinking like, man, and, and want to go deeper and you want to ask a follow, you want to go past that surface level question. You could be like, well, well, why, why did you do it that way? Like, what was the thought process behind that? Why, wouldn't it be smarter to go this way? And then you get their feedback and like, that's what people want to hear. They want to, they want to, they want, they want to get past that surface level stuff and get to the, to the powerful stuff in the conversation. So what I do to prepare for that um, is I, I listen to people's content before they come on the show. Not everybody has content, but if they do, I'm going to listen to their content. I'll spend at least like 10 minutes going through their stuff, whether it's Instagram videos, YouTube videos. If they have a podcast, I'm going to listen next. That's one of the best ways to really get to know them. Um, and then I get to know them. And, and what I'm trying to figure out here is what they're passionate about. What What's their hot topic? You know, and that's my weapon that I'm putting in the back pocket. And then when I'm going into the interview, I kind of got their personality down and and, and and whatnot. And then we're just going to go and have an organic conversation. I rarely map out my own questions ahead of time. I just, I know what, I, what topic I want to go deep on with this person usually. And then if the conversation ever tails off, I know what they're passionate about. And I know what I can go back to direct the conversation to, to get them all fired up. And then once they start talking and getting fired up, then I can ask those follow-up questions and go deeper. Now, if they don't have content themselves, then I'll just have a conversation with them before we hit record and do the same process, figure out what they're most passionate about. It's interesting. So you, you're kind of working from a narrative or a topic and just digging into it through conversation. I, I thought a really good example of this, and the Les Brown one is fresh in my mind, but um, you know, something Les, you don't have to look far on the internet for him to say the word hungry. You really don't. <laughs> it's everywhere. Like you've got to be hungry is like one of those things. And you opened the interview by saying his phrase and he like he's quite a jovial character already but he giggled and repeated it back and it was like a really um well-structured way into getting him uh comfortable so the the prep kind of showed there i thought it was a very uh, clever way 
of intently getting uh, Les comfortable there. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, right on. we've got people to there. We're, we're prepping in this way. I want to talk about the deeper relationship side because I get the feeling that, you know, once someone's been on the show, you've mentioned you've had Grant on again. Is there something you're putting in place to nurture these relationships past that or stay engaged with these people? Or is there another spreadsheet that goes with this and has been the show? We'll, we'll look after them or how are you thinking about that? Yeah, it's the same spreadsheet. And up top, we have all the people that we've had on there. And then now we have their contact information. And um, then I'm uh, there's a bunch of different ways you could do it. So for an example, two days ago, I entered in the episode isn't live yet. Uh, it'll be out like in September. But um, I interviewed Tucker Max, yeah, the, the founder of Scribe. And they wrote David Goggins book, uh, Can't Hurt Me. And um, just a really cool guy. And he's like really deep into psychology stuff. And like yourself and myself as well. Well, probably one of the craziest interviews I've ever had, one of the better ones. And we had a lot of good ones. Uh, but he he said something to me that kind of at first my gut reaction was like, dude, you don't know me. What do you mean? Because he's like, he's like, you just contradict yourself. Do you even know yourself? Do you even have you even worked with your inner demons from way back? And my, you know, initial gut reaction was like, dude, you don't even know, you know, to that's our ego kicking in. But then I had to push that ego aside and was like, what is he talking about here? Maybe there's something that I didn't. Well, anyways, it sparked some really thoughtful conversation and it really got me to look at some things. And I'm still been thinking about that interview ever since. Um, so we got afterwards, we talked and, and, you know, after, after we had the uh, interview and he shot me one of his articles that he wrote, which was really, really deep on medium and uh, really cool. And he gave me his, uh, his um, email and said, you know, if I ever want to talk more from about that, I can. And so I'm going to do some of this deep shadow work with stuff from like Carl Jung and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm going to hit him up because it's stuff that he already did and went through. And I just want to ask him about it. And so that's kind of like a, like a friendship type of relationship where I kind of want to get with everybody. Right. But we kind of already got there because we had that deep, hard conversation right on the podcast. So just made that, and this is all situational. It's really going to depend on the, the situation. But um, then I have other ones where where I follow up and I try to, it's hard to, it's hard to figure out a way on how you can add, how you can help Grant Cardone in add value because he has everything, you know what I mean? So it's like, well, I can't really buy him anything. He has everything that he needs. He's already connected with everybody. Like what? And so you got to get really creative on that stuff. Right. And so um, what I did is I seen when that whole situation went down, with him laying off employees and everybody talking smack on him and this and that. And I hit him. I was like, dude, you just said you wanted to go on more podcasts. Come on mine. We're kicking, we're kicking butt on my podcast. Um, and let's just get your message out to more people. I want you to explain the whole story. Let's do it. He's like, yeah, for sure. Boom. Um, so that was a chance for me to add value in that situation. Um, other ones, like for an example, I just had, and this will be the last example. And then I'll, I'll, I'll no, no, I, I love these examples. I just want to re recap one there is that with the, Grant Cardone example is like you've basically taken advantage of a news cycle. You can see something's yeah. becoming topical and it's like, well, actually this is of huge value to him. So, I mean, a strategy one could implement. I, I haven't, I won't pretend I have. This is me talking from ideas. But if you were just very aware of like what's going on and thinking, okay, well, who's this important to, could really add some relevance to why a guest or a potential guest would want to come on your show. So some, some huge yeah. things there. I know I've had quite a few people where it's like I've been able to get this on, get them onto this show because they haven't had events. 
they were previously mm. too busy for podcasts and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, we're stuck at home. Now is this opportunity. So timely opportunity I think plays a huge role here and that's a really good example with Grant. But next example, let's do it. Yeah, no, it's you're exactly right, dude. Um, in uh, another one, just recent one that's fresh on mine, uh, Nick Nimmin, um, he uh, he doesn't do YouTube consulting anymore, but he was who I hired. I literally watched him go from ten thousand subscribers to over. He's just hit six hundred thousand um, recently. Uh, in less than two years, he went to half a million. So he knows what he's doing when it comes to YouTube, right? But um, I had him on the show before, and then um, you know we. we 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 have a relationship. We don't talk all the time, but we talk every, I don't know, it's not like a cadence or anything, but every so often we talk and in uh, this message together. Well, I figured out he was finally putting out his course and I, I was like, dude, let's get you back on my show. You're getting ready to launch it. Let's promote it. I'll release it around the same time it goes live. Let's just get, dude, your stuff's a real deal. It's helped me out so much. I know it's a real deal and my audience loves that type of stuff, man. Maybe we can go on the topic of promoting your podcast on YouTube and we'll just talk about that on my show where he's like, yeah. And so I got him on the show and helping him promote his podcast. That episode, we just recorded that a few, the, the day before Tucker, but uh, it's not live yet, but just another way of like, Hey man, I didn't, I wouldn't expect anything return. Like just come on my show. I want to help you promote it out. Even though it still is helping me, it still is also helping them greatly by helping him promote his new course that's coming out. So there's a bunch of different ways. It's got to get creative. You really do have to get creative and it's, it's going to be situational and it's going to be like, how, how can I best help this person at this time? Okay. Maybe I can't help him with like connecting with somebody because he's already connected with everybody, but maybe I could do this. You know, there's, there's, there's ways to do it. It's an interesting one. It, re it really is from, I've had a lot of success with just bringing the same people back on the podcast. Like if someone was a great guest I'd almost rather bring someone on that I know is a great guest again to talk about something yeah. different than trying to find a new guest because I feel like you run a lot of risks with even if someone is high-profiled or low-profiled, some guests are harder to work with, some are not willing to share past the surface or they, they've just got a whole bunch of things where other people can just be more suited. So I think it's a very um, it's a very big hint and suggestion I would give a lot of people is to say, bring your winners back on. Like continually yeah. bring people who offer a lot of value on because it, it just adds to the value of the show from there. Now, I, I want to ask a question here, and I've been very curious about this, and I think you're probably one of the people that is best suited to answer this. My experience with bringing high-profile guests on my podcast and even in some of the client podcasts we've had is as soon as that guest comes on, we can see often a peak in downloads. So if someone gets a really big name and they haven't previously had people at that level, spikes up, goes through the roof. But Often after that, we can see it's a spike down and it goes back to a decline. What I'm really curious about from your point of view and how you're doing it is are you maintaining and seeing people stick around from your show on the back of these big name guests? Or are you finding that things can be peaky and trophy with download numbers and followers depending on what people are on the show at a certain time? Dude, such a great question. Right now, I'm in the middle of an uh, of our own experiment. So back in uh, end of November, right after uh, Thanksgiving, I had to create the biggest bike in my downloads. Period. I went from six sixty seven hundred to fourteen thousand in one month, and I was like, "Whoa, what happened here?" <laughs> and so, um, going back looking at the data. I pinpoint, I'm like a hundred, I'm, I'm 95% that it was a result of three things. One, I had been going on 
I've been on almost 200 other podcasts now at this point, and that's played a huge role in our growth. See, I, I built everything I've done through organic. I can't wait to get with you guys on the on the paid ads, Duke, because I know it's just going to go to the next level. We haven't really done anything there yet. Um, but uh, going on other podcasts, I've been do- doing that for a year now at this point in time. And that was just like the accumulation of having all these shows pointing back because the call to action is always come check out the podcast if you want to come come check it out. Say underdogempowerment.com. And um, so that played a role into it. The other one was TikTok. I was posting on TikTok and I was seeing spikes in my uh, um, downloads when I would post videos directing them. Hey, go check out the episode, episode 108 on underdog empowerment. And then they go back and check it out. That was another play. Um, And then finally, I looked back and I was like, when did this spike happen? And I looked back and it was when I lined up a bunch of guests like I'm doing now, a bunch of high profile guests. So I was like, it's got to be those three things, right? And so I'm reverse engineer. I'm trying to reverse engineer that exact spike because it went up to fourteen thousand, and then it went and it grew the following month. And then we've been in a four month decline, not like a crazy drop, but it's just like a small decline and stuff. And we're still we're 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 still getting nine to ten thousand uh, per month. But this month already, since I had Grant Cardone, then followed up with Bedros Killing, then Les Brown this week, and then it, and it's going to be going up. My downloads are already starting to grow again. So I think that does play a part in it. And so now my this is all speculation here. This is not. It's ed- educated on- speculation. We're, we're playing with this stuff regularly. I would say it's an educated speculation. Yeah, no doubt. So my guess here and what I'm trying to do now, my strategy and what I'm going to test for a while, because I got it already lined up until September and I can keep on lining up is I'm just going to keep super high profile guests on the show and just line them up. And um, that's another thing too, man. <laughs> Sorry for going off on a tangent and, and, and off here, but I'll, I'll say this in five seconds or less. I've gotten really intentional now about the get. I don't just bring on anyone anymore. It's like the only people I interview is super high level guests, podcasters like yourself that are kicked that I know are serious that are not just any podcaster, people that are, that are actually doing it, you know, and you can gauge that by looking at how many episodes and reviews they got. You can't always tell if they're truly killing it, but that's a good way to gauge. I'd see, uh, say, and the type of guests they bring on and then, and, and then clients and stuff. That's, that's pretty much it. You know, um, I wish I'd have been more intentional about the guests I brought on right out the gate. Yeah, I think many podcasters look on look back on that with their intention from there. Uh, one more thing I want to kind of bring into this conversation. Another, and again, this is all based on my own experiences. So this is me getting to vent and then ask curiously. But one of the things I found with um, often with high caliber guests on the podcast is that they really strongly control the narrative. It's not actually very conversational. And what I mean by that is that they've often got an agenda and topics they want to cover, which is great for them, but it doesn't necessarily allow me to shine within that interview as well. Like the the balance of, um, I don't even know what to think about it, but balance of perceptions. Like it's very clear that the interview is making them shine and people aren't necessarily there to hear what I have to say. Is there any strategies or tactics you put in place within these interviews to make yourself be one of the stars of those episodes rather than just, I suppose, seceding to a guest? Yeah, so, man. So you, you asked some really good questions, bro. I love it, I should man. start a podcast. <laughs> you should, man. <laughs> man. Um, so there's an episode, the one that I released right before Les Brown. It was two weeks ago with Bedros Killian. Every I, I literally had over 30 people 
on multiple platforms, but over 30 people either DM or comment saying, dude, this is the best episode you've done yet or whatever. And, um, Bedros, he's, uh, the owner of fit body Boot Camp. Um, he, he's really connected with Andy Frisilla and all of them really good guy, but, um, he has a really cool story too, but I flew out to his, uh, to his headquarters with my videographer and, um, sat down with him and it was so cool because I was making him the hero of the story. Right. But it wasn't like, I still controlled where the conversation was going. And after he would say something, then I would talk for, for a minute. I would keep mine pretty short, sweet to the point, but I kept on making powerful points to follow up his stuff or kind of change the direction of the conversation. So it was like both of us shining and I got to shine with him in a sense. It'd be a pretty good one to, to listen just to hear that conversation because it just flowed. It Man, it just flowed. It was like one of those like, man, you know, it was good. Um, sometimes you just hit it off. Like sometimes there's yeah. a special thing that happens where it's like, I don't know if it's an energy thing or like experience thing, but I'm certainly finding, and I'm, I'm dare say you found the same is that sometimes when it, you get on, it's like everyone just had the right amount of coffee and sleep that night. It was just <laughs> flowing and great. Other times it can be difficult. Um, nothing yeah. worse than getting one word answers from guests. How you doing? Good. <laughs> what are you working on at the moment? Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's another thing too. You're going to have those guests that you just don't, you don't click and it is what it is. You know, not everybody does click together. All right. So it's some really interesting stuff. Now we are pushing on our normal episode length here. So before we do wrap this one up, where's the best place for people to come and I suppose hear more about you and get involved with listening to your podcast? Yeah, man. Appreciate the ask. It's uh, definitely the podcast, Underdog Empowerment. And to make it really easy for you all, you can go to underdogempowerment.com. And I got a little podcast section right on the homepage that you can subscribe to. Hope to see you guys over there. Thanks for asking, dude. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We will wrap this one up from here. It has been another episode of the Business of Podcasting. Now, guys, I will include links, so you will be able to go to Underdog Empowerment and check out everything Zach's getting up to there. It's a really good podcast. I would encourage you to go and just have a look at some of the things he's doing over there, having a whole bunch of fun. So, guys, thank you so much. Thank you once again, Zach. That's it for this one. 